Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this episode of What? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, have you looked at the calendar today? Dude, I, do you think I pay attention to anything I do in my life? Okay, yesterday was Tuesday. That was fantasy. Today oh. is Wednesday. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome evening, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening, and welcome to the kickoff here on the W2M Network. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining us, as per usual, the normal cast of characters, starting with the anchorman, Eric Watkins. Stay classy, W2M, and at the end of this show, I get to reveal something. Also, give me about an hour. Uh, I fulfill my promise. We we I do believe that we re-nicknamed Eric just saying. Well that's his uh that's his what's your fantasy nickname. Okay. Fair enough. I mean I do like my nickname on what's your fantasy though, so I might actually start using that going forward here on the show since I don't have one. In addition, that voice you heard there is the unprofessional. That is Jason Teasley. Greetings and salutations. Motherfuckers. He stole my my intro. How dare he? All right. And finally, there is Randy Isbell. I'm just over here refreshing Amazon trying to get a PlayStation 5. God damn it. In addition, you know, I'll save it. I'll save it for later because we do have the return of poor one out for the homers today. I'll save any conversation about what happened at Bill's Stadium, stupid-ass name, but whatever, for a little bit later on in the show. This is an official episode of the kickoff. We are back in the regular season in the National Football League and kind of in the regular season in college football. Therefore, it is a return to our traditional format, starting with studs and duds. Eric, your stud performer for the week, who you got? Uh, And what turned out to be a fantastic game, setting off what some would say is a pretty significant chain reaction early on in the college football season, there was one particular wide receiver who stood out for me. Thanks to his three-touchdown performance, including what proved to be the game winner, my stud is no one other than Jonathan Adams from Arkansas State. Yes, the Sun Belt definitely turned Fun Belt this week, and especially for the three of us. Isn't that right, Unprofessional? That is correct. They were very, very, very lucrative in our uh, our weekend adventure. Stick it, Scott say, Van Pelt and Stanford Steve. <laughs> I, I would say I would say about a hundred. They gave me about one hundred and twenty-three reasons why I support the Sun Belt. Three out of the four of us picked the Sun Belt in Are You Serious last week. Three out of the four of us hit on the cover in the Sun Belt last week. Two of the three of us that picked the Sun Belt ended up winning outright in the in the Are You Serious predictions as well. I was the only one that didn't take a Sun Belt game. I took an ACC game. You did, and I will admit, I laughed at you, and I was wrong. And that is also foreshadowing. 
Dun dun dun. Dramatic reverb. Dramatic reverb. <laughs> um, as as a Florida fan, anytime the Knolls lose, it's cool by me. So much appreciated. Jason, uh, who's your stud for the week? Uh, I think I actually switched mine uh, because I think I pulled a person Never not to be named later. Uh, yeah. So I think I think <laughs> so. So uh, I, I'm going to go with my stud being the aforementioned um, discussion by Mama Watkins. I am going with one Russell Wilson who torched, and I mean torched, the Atlanta defense for something like, let me find it, the exact stat here. Because if I remember correctly, wasn't he like 31 of 35? Uh, 31 of 35 for 322, four touchdowns for a QB rating of 143.1. And, you know, let's go ahead and tack on another 20 yards, 29 yards rushing that led the team. So yeah, it was it was very impressive the the fact that Seattle uh, went on the road into what some people thought was going to be a a very rebuilt Atlanta team and you no know, pulled off the thirteen point victory. I mean, I picked Atlanta to win that game outright in our pool, Eric. So I was on the Falcons hype train here. Yeah, I said. Trust the man who was itching for an MVP vote. I kept saying. Randy, your inaugural stud of your kickoff campaign. Yeah, and I'm going to go with uh, Josh Jacobs of the Raiders. You know, if the Raiders have any chance of making the postseason this year, it's going to be all about ball control, and he's a huge part of it, and it showed in a big way against the Panthers. 25 carries for 93 yards and three touchdowns. He was also second on the team. With 46 receiving yards, he had that big run uh, about, what, four minutes ago in the fourth quarter to give the Raiders lead outright where they won 34-30. He's going to be a big part of the Raiders, I think, if they're going to make any chance of making a wild card. No chance they're catching the Chiefs, of course, but, but ball control is huge in Las Vegas. I would argue that it's just as much on Josh Jacobs as it is on Derek Carr because where that backfield goes, the Raiders go. Not to mention, given Vegas, you've always got to be sure to control your balls. Family show, Eric. (laughs) No, I I, I won't change my dud. It's nobody nobody has. All right, that's fine, because I might be changing mine as well. But if you take mine, I'll stick with my original. So, Um, I can't believe I'm about to use these three words in the same sentence, Eric. Mitchell Trubisky stud. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. 20 of 32, or excuse me, 20 of 36, 242 yards, three touchdowns. Not great, not bad, but not great. Kind of pedestrian in terms of the completion perf- percentage. Until you factor in that all three of those touchdown passes came in the fourth quarter of the Chicago Bears 27-23 comeback victory on the road over Matthew Maida Glass Stafford and the Detroit Lions. Now, to be fair, the Lions still had a chance to win that one. But in the words of the great Chiseled Adonis, DeAndre Swift's hands were just for decoration. <laughs> Whoopsie! <laughs> 
So, so are you changing your your dad, Harry? I am. All right, because that's that was the the one I was going to take. Oh, the one that I originally took. Yeah. Is that team that laid an egg? Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to them in a second. We talked about the good. We have to balance it out with the bad. Eric, dud. Now, I admit I had hope and faith in this team, and I even took them in our Are You Serious? Well, it turns out that even as much I was serious, they were not. My dud as a collective are the Cleveland Browns. Baltimore came in and gave a good old-fashioned Cleveland steamer roll that made OBJ wish that he was right on the mound with the whole Aroldis Chapman incident. What more is there really to say? There, there you go, Randy. We worked it in for you. I appreciate it. Hey, Jason. when it comes to me working things in places, I'm a bit of an expert. Family show! <laughs> Jason, Eric, Eric, just remember, she is your brown-eyed girl. <laughs> and now Everclear is going to be stuck in my head the rest of the night. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> Give us your dud. Well, what was originally my dud until I decided to change it? Yeah. So um, my my dud is is the team that cost collectively this group about two hundred dollars. Um, me personally. It cost me much more than that because the Philadelphia Eagles jumped out to a wonderful 17-0 start against that Washington football team um, and then proceeded to roll over and die and and give up 20 straight uh, – no. Uh, 20 straight. Uh, well – 20 unanswered points. They, you know, they went back there. There was two touchdowns scored in the second, but um, they, they goose egged the second half and gave up 20 points in the second half to fall to what ruined a lot of survival picks. Myself included on the, um, on the, the Brett Favre is going to survive or pick on the season. Uh, a, a lot of, a lot of parlay cards. May you rest in peace. My two major ones. And just, I mean, Washington came out. That defense came out out to play that second half. Uh, I dare I say that defense looked kind of solid. They might not be the team that we thought they were. So what you're saying is they aren't who we thought they were? So uh, we can I, keep them possible. on the hook? <laughs> it's possible. But, yeah, I mean, Philadelphia looked Philadelphia looked very pedestrian the second half. They couldn't move the ball. They couldn't stop, stop you know, Dwayne Haskins. So, yeah, I mean, I, I give props to Washington. They, they made the adjustments and won the game. Here's the important question. Philadelphia – who I had picked to win the division, did absolutely nothing to win the game. Here's the important question, Jason. Did Dwayne make did Dwayne Haskins make it onto the field for the victory formation? I think he actually did this time. 
Well, then obviously he's coming along nicely in Washington. Good for he's, him. He, he's he's made leaps and bounds from last season. Clearly. Randy, your first dud of your kickoff campaign. As much as I just wanted to save my entire team, uh, I will go with a former Jet and go with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who we all know is, is usually fantastic in the first few weeks of the season before he falls apart. He decided to do it a little early, 20 of 30 for 191 and three interceptions against a Patriots team that is still trying to find their footing offensively. They ran the ball 42 times, and Miami had a chance to really kind of to jump on him early, and instead Fitzpatrick went, nah, I'm just going to keep giving it back to Cam Newton and let him get some more reps because, man, that was that was brutal. And two at times coming faster than I think we think. Assuming he's healthy enough to play. Yes. All right, Jason, so we kind of talked about this guy yesterday on the kickoff, What's Your Fantasy, available in the archives over for fantasy football to the max, although that might be getting changed by one or one executive producer over to the kickoff, What's Your Fantasy archive going uh, forward. I'm not sure. No, that would take some digging because technically even with this, our archives are under a name that shall not be named because, well, chair. Yeah, that guy. Um, I talked about the fact that my running backs had a shit week in fantasy this year. Or this first week of the season, excuse me. Well, I mean technically this year in general because it's only been one week, so it is this year. One of the ones that I left on the bench, and me and Randy went round and round about me dropping him in this league, which I did do. Five carries for five yards. One reception for 14 yards for a grand freaking total of 3.4 fantasy points in a PPR league. Thank you. Fuck you. Goodbye, Leonard Fournette. Again, give him time. Just give him time. Yeah, Randy seems to be of that belief as well, but I don't see it. I think there's too many mouths to feed in Tampa Bay in that backfield, and especially with how good of a game Ronald Jones II had. Harry, what do I tell you about what happens to Jaguars when they go on other teams? I mean, Calais Campbell did have a pretty good game. Thank you. See, even Randy gets it. He knows. But then again, I mean, he's a Jets fan, so... He's got to know something, maybe, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, nah. look, how, look how great Jamal Adams looked in the Seahawks uniform, too. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll talk more about that Jets game and pour one out for the homers. Don't you guys worry. Um, So that wraps up studs and duds for week one. And that takes us into yet another returning segment. And the one that kind of puts Eric out of a job during the regular season. Sorry, Anchorman. Oh, no worries. I've got some great snickerdoodle whoopie pies, some gin, and a few other things to tide me over the next few weeks. What months. the fuck is a snickerdoodle whoopie pie? That sounds like that's a black thing, isn't it? Two, that has to be a black two thing. snickerdoodle cookies used as like buns on a sandwich with like marshmallow fluff in the middle. It is delicious. Yeah, I'm that's... not a big fan of marshmallow fluff. I would do the snickerdoodles with whipped cream in between. 
that that's also acceptable and especially you can add a little extra kick if everything is infused which mine was Um, (sighs) let's get back to the show then it is the official season four debut of so that happened randy you're the new guy i'll let you go first here good because mine actually fits in to your dud and uh so that happened was saquon barkley is glad he's not on your fantasy team or he would be dropped right along leonard Fournette, huh <laughs> saquon would have gotten a second chance <laughs> there hey, you go. Sa- 15 had, had receiving yards he did he had 60 receiving yards and that is because pittsburgh has shown i mean not that people were worried about beating the giants but they have shown exactly how to beat new york this year Thanks, Jason. Uh, and that is just completely stuff the box. I mean, Tomlin even came out in the post game saying that they knew Shut that up, they were secondary <laughs> in terrible, terrible situations uh, just to make sure Barkley could not do anything. 15 carries for six yards. And as a fantasy owner, I know that hurts a lot. Yes, he did have the 60. Receiving yards, but uh, how many uh, catches Pittsburgh, did for sixty yards? Uh, six catches, six catches for sixty yards. So uh, twelve, twelve point six fantasy points in a PPR league. Yes, six point yes. six in a non PPR league. No bueno. No, and I, I, honestly, I think it, it more shows to just how good Pittsburgh really could be, as as they game plan perfectly for the Giants, and I think. Any running back should be worried to play the Steelers, that's for sure. Jason has a comment here, so I will let him speak his piece. <clears throat> yeah, because this this is this is my my team, so I can speak on it. Uh, oh, the leading, and, and speak the, on the, it. The, Sorry. The the leading rusher for the Giants was actually Daniel Jones for twenty two yeah. yards. Um I'm gonna go ahead and make a not so bold prediction, Jason. Any game that Daniel Jones is your leading rusher this year, you guys are going to lose. Did, did did we not say that? Say yeah, did we not say that when you were having, granted, some reasonable amount of confidence, but didn't Harry and I warn you that the Giants weren't going to even cover? <laughs> I remember that conversation. The Giants they would, talk- but that bone, that interception from the 19 that Jones threw to a defensive tackle was the downfall. The Giants were plus six. Jason lost four points on the game. We'll talk more about Are You Serious a little bit later on because Randy actually finds himself in an interesting situation with Are You Serious. We'll explain a little bit later on. Hey, Eric, so that happened. You know what? I came fully prepared. I was going to talk about something that entirely helped me out, even though in a very, very weird roundabout way. But then the news gods looked down and they said, Hey, Anchorman, we know you're taking the next few months off. Let's give you one last big one for the road. So out of not entirely nowhere the big 10 says oh yeah we're gonna be good to go big 10 football will be back starting 
just before Halloween. The Saturday before, I believe, October 24th. Correct. And they're targeting eight weeks, just the eight games, so no uh, open dates slash five weeks, just in time to have the conference championship game December 19th. And for those of you wondering, any player who happens to test positive, they will be having, they will be sitting out a minimum 21 days. Which means if you're, if you have high hopes for, uh, if you have high hopes for your team, if you're a big 10 fan, such as myself with Penn state, you better hope that none of your marquee players come anywhere near contact with the virus. Mm-mm. <clears throat> I, I, I'm just going to go. I think the virus will be cleared up within about 82 days. It's an election reference, isn't it? No, it's not an election reference. It's flu season. I mean, it is getting colder. It was only 71 degrees here in Ohio today. It was freaking wonderful. Stairs in Floridian. It was like 56 when I woke up here. Stairs harder in Floridian. Were you still in the 90s today, Eric? It's pretty close. Although, thankfully, it actually rained. So that kept it into the upper 80s. Sucks to be you. (laughs) What was the temperature like in Idaho today, Randy? Uh, Smoke. (laughs) It was was smoldering (laughs) hot. (laughs) That's all we know up here. It's just smoke. I mean... If it wasn't the the COVID stuff shutting things down, uh, fires decided to do that same thing. We we have a lot of businesses closed because it is horrible outside. Jason, so that happened. So by that happened comes from um, a group of linebackers, two in particular, who, how can I put it? They took Braun Strowman's, um, reference and they wanted somebody to catch these hands. One of them actually tried to spear a referee with the top of his helmet. I was going to say, I think that was more get this headbutt. No, he, I, I haven't seen the video uh, I, because I was laughing too hard because he actually led with his helmet on a referee. Um, the the Lions, uh, Lions linebacker Collins actually led with his helmet and made contact with a referee, which I I don't even want to try to look into that. Why? Well, I, why you would even do that? Okay, I will say in his defense, he was trying to demonstrate what happened right on that previous <laughs> play. He just took the demonstration maybe a teeny bit too far. Well, even if you're trying to demonstrate, I mean, you know, you you still don't do that. And secondly, during the Monday night game, uh, Rashid Evans, linebacker for the Titans, actually threw a threw a punch at Jake Butt. What an ass! <laughs> hey, that's America's ass. Uh, but but I mean, what do you expect from somebody from TTUN? 
Of course he's going to be the butt of that punch. I mean, it's it's just, I mean, we've seen, it's week one and we've already seen two ejections. <laughs> I mean, come on. This this is just, it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of rust is out because you don't have a preseason. You know, a lot of mistakes. And tempers did flare, but still, you you, you still you you're an adult. You know, control yourself. Don't don't be trying to pick playground fights with a referee and a tight end, a backup tight end at that. I I I got nothing. I genuinely have nothing to add here that that would make any sense of this year. I figure they're getting their fighting in now since they didn't have a preseason to do it. I was talking to my friend Kenny, who's a Titans fan, because he was saying, he was like, oh, man, you can't have those kind of penalties. A uh, coach is going to have to have him down or sit him down for a set. And I just texted back, um, he is done. <laughs> you won't have to worry about that the rest of the night. So that happened. Harry edition. With all due respect to Randy and Jason, who both tried to jump on this train as well. I didn't try to jump on this. Or was it Eric that tried to take Randy Bullock? That was me. Oh, my apologies, Mr. Teasley. I know Randy mentioned it because Randy Randy felt bad for his fellow Randy. That's a hell of a way to lose a game. 16-13 16-13 Chargers beat the Bengals because Randy Bullock tears his tears his hamstring trying to kick the game-tying field goal. Helped me in the survivor pool, so that's at least some silver lining. Yeah, but cost us on one of Jason's bets because we had the Chargers in the points. Overtime touchdown Chargers cover. As discussed before. Oh, right. no, oh, no. Trust me. I know all about missing a bet thanks to the actions of a kicker. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I'm surprised he wasn't your dud, honestly. But no. we, we, we talked enough about him yesterday on What's Your Fantasy, so we can kind of let that go. Again, if you want to hear Eric Tirade, check out that episode in the archives. All right, back to my show that happened here. Uh, Randy Bullock isn't the only one done for the season, however. In Dallas, Blake Jarwin's season is over, torn ACL. In Indianapolis, Marlon Mack's season is over, torn ACL. In New Orleans, Michael Thomas is looking at two to four weeks off of the field, strained hamstring. But at least he didn't tear his like Randy Bullock did. There was one other marquee injury that I just saw that I wanted to pass along as well, and I lost my window so give me Leighton one second Vander Esch? Vander Esch is broken what's that a broken collarbone I believe yes collarbone I think he's out what six to eight yeah because they put him on IR but with the way that they're doing IR this season if it is just the six to eight he'll be able to come back oh yeah I just remembered the other name that I was thinking of Randy Maybe and I'll... then your coach, your coach decided to be a dumbass and put him back in the game. I don't want to talk about it. The countdown to Adam Gase's firing is on already, isn't it? it? It was on a while ago. It needs to hit zero already. But no, I don't want. I don't want to talk about that. Speaking, of I'm ham- already sad. Speaking of hamstrings, 
Le'Veon Bell, running back from the Jets, injured his in the game against Buffalo and then got put back into the game after he got hurt. Oh, and George Kittle fucked up his knee, too. But Kittle appears to be okay. Yeah, because he was status. I think they originally had him as like either doubtful or questionable for week two. He's listed as questionable, but he'll play because he came back into the game as well. No, 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 no. Kittle just got paid. Let him rest. Do we really need him going out there against the Jets? Who who does that serve? Well, I mean, it, it, it serves the Jets fans that are watching the game in New York when they can actually see a decent player for once. Fair. Brady's giving me a death stare. <laughs> Jets fans aren't watching the game. I don't know what you're talking about. The Yankees are on. So we are watching the Yankees right now. And maybe the Islanders if you're a fan of hockey. No, no. We don't we don't mention that that New York team on this show. We don't. Well, I I need I need Tampa Bay to win game six in order to pick up eight points against you in our NHL predictions. Yeah, so, I mean, at this point, so for like, those of you that know, I'm already on the like a total boycott of the rest of the playoffs. So if need be, I'll go through the motions. <laughs> All right, anyway. <sighs> Back to uh, back to the injury report here. Jason, we kind of talked about this in our preview special, saying that injuries were going to play a key factor in the season, and depth was going to become very important. Do you think we're starting to see that play out already, even in week one? Yeah, I, I think I think you're going to see a lot of practice squad call-ups. I mean, you've seen quite a few already, and you're going to see a lot of injuries because people are acclimated to the full-time um, speed of a of an actual game, so you're going to see a lot of injuries, a lot of a lot of uh, people that are on practice squads getting caught up to fill voids of you know upper upper tier players, and you're going to see the game overall suffer for it because you're going to see a drop in talent when that does happen. Randy, your team was one of the teams hit by the injury bug already. Do you think this is going to be a season-long thing, or do you think this is just a kind of working off the rust week one situation? I mean, honestly, we, we always see a bunch of injuries, especially early on in the NFL season. Usually we see a lot of this stuff happen in the preseason, so I, I'm not super surprised by it. The amount of season-ending se- injuries obviously sucks, but again, how many times do you see people not even make it to week one? So I... I I think we're going to see just as many, if not a little bit more than normal as far as injuries goes, but I'm not surprised by it. All right. With that, we move on from our, Eric, did you have anything to chime in with here? I mean, I, we thought that there were going to be more injuries, of course, but uh, my only thing is it's a little bit troubling that it's more ACLs and a lot more muscle injuries rather than soft tissue injuries. So that's going to be something I'm going to be keeping an eye on to see how much of a trend it is as we go through like the first four or five weeks of the season. All right, I'm going to need to talk to somebody about So, um, are you serious off the air for one of the predictions that was made last week because I'm seeing a conflict here that we'll discuss a little bit later on. All right, let's get back to the show format, though. And 
We mentioned Are You Serious? It's time for our other prediction, our other prediction segment on the show. This is I'm a Survivor. Hey, Eric. Yes? It's about that time. Um, about that. Yeah, remember what we had mentioned off air? You said she was going to come on and announce her pick. I know, and I tried to coax her into it, but then she said she's still in a little feeling a bit shy. Plus, she wanted to actually do even more in-depth research, so I made her a deal. She sits and watches Red Zone with me Sunday. Then, for next week and for the remainder of the season, she will come on and announce her pick. However, so what you're so what you're saying is she stole my pick again and then didn't come on to announce it. Yes. So can we just call her Baba B? <laughs> Wolf. Yikes. Uh, no, we're not going to do that. We're not that mean to her here. But come on, Mama Watkins, we're waiting for you. We got you a sound clip and everything. I. This is what Go I get ahead. telling her. <laughs> Go ahead and announce her pick eric she actually changed her mind for this pick but because yeah i know because of her penchant for lamar jackson while she feels that deshaun watson and jj watt are going to have good performances they will not be enough as she is picking the ravens just want to state for the record, that I actually announced this pick after she announced her original pick, and then got hit with the "Yeah, she changed her pick." Well, that is, being said, this that, is that, why that, I had her. Well, go ahead. That being said, her taking my pick last week kind of worked out for me. Mama Watkins Owen won this season. Harry one and zero. Not to mention, she personally apologized. She did. We'd play the apology, but then she'd probably yell at us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Randy, let's see if you can get off the schneid and I'm a survivor here. You have all 32 options available to you. I do. And, and when I announced my pick in our chat, I got yelled at by Harry, but he doesn't understand my thought here. So I, I jinxed the hell out of the Colts saying that they're going to beat the Jaguars. So I'm going to try it again. And I am picking... The San Francisco 49ers to beat my New York Jets in hope that I'm a terrible jinxing survivor and the Jets can find a way to get a win. Okay, you realize that only works on certain teams, right? That, like, some teams I, have to be talented to avoid the jinx? Harry, am I wrong you have, here? You have to not suck? Yeah, there's that. Listen, I, I'm doing a test here, guys. Just let me have it. I'm, I've, I've already messed up my survivor on this podcast. I'm just trying to find a way to make it fun for myself. Don't take it from me. All right. Myself, Jason, and Eric, all three hit our picks last week. Mine was a secondary, but hey, I picked my team, and I'm a survivor last week, and we won, so it worked out. Eric, you cannot pick the Los Angeles Chargers. Thanks to Randy Bullock. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. But I am staying out west. 
Now, looking through these matchups, just like I was last week, I'm torn. But, and especially after talking it out with Mama Watkins and letting her know my strategy, she just looked at me and said, you know what? You go with your gut. Your gut is usually right on this. Given the performances of these respective teams, I know what I'm dealing with. I know the best potential. But I also know who's best is a little bit better. So in this matchup against, well, the football team, I am picking Arizona. I was going to say, I thought one of us took them a little bit later on in the show, but I guess not. Mm-mm. Very well. Jason, you cannot pick the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, that's why I'm actually picking your team, Harry, and I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. Man, I swear to God, if you screw us, well, it's but, possible. Don't you dare. But, but here's the thing, Harry. For the time being, there's two teams in Buffalo to worry about right now. So, I mean, one loses and the other one's going to go ahead and win. So what you're saying is that the Blue Jays are going to circle the wagons for us? Because that would be okay by me. Hey, I mean, as is, they're already neck and neck for second place in the division, like uh, one other team that we occasionally talk about on this podcast. But, no, I only deal with first place teams, so I don't worry about too far down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this, 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 is, a, this is a Harry, Eric, Jason conversation. Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, you just can't pick a good sports team, can you, Randy? I'm used to it. (laughs) We kid because we care. Speak for yourself. (laughs) At least the the Yankees have put up like 35 runs in the last two days. There's something for me to be happy about. Uh, Atlanta put up 38 in two days, but thanks for playing. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's fine. Yeah, you've got 35 runs. The last time I checked, the last time I checked, the Rays have like 31 wins. Does it that kind of matter? Yeah, the Cubs have one. Yeah, the Cubs have like a no hitter here recently. They did. They did. Unknown pitchers. So, so yeah. So when you can when you can match that, come talk to me. That's about when I play pay attention to baseball. All right, so with the absolute exception of Adrian Peterson, who impressively went off in his in his Lions debut, Matthew made of glass Stafford and the rest of the Lions are the reason that I am picking the Green Bay Packers week two and I'm a survivor. Plus, the game is at Lambeau. Green Bay traditionally plays well at Lambeau. I am curious, can they Lambeau leap into cardboard cutouts? I think they can. Also, uh, hashtag Squidbit about that Packers-Vikings game. Did you know that, especially with those late scores, that Green Bay and Minnesota was a scoregami? You mentioned it a little bit earlier on. Mm. You said... Earlier in this episode, you said that it was a scoregami. No, I didn't. Or was it yesterday's episode? They're, they're running together. This is what happens when we do shows on back-to-back days. 
<laughs> I, all I want to say is I want to give a shout out, you know, just just since I did pick, did I take Baltimore? You did. So, no, you, okay. You took Baltimore week one, yes. Okay, so so with that, I do want to give a shout out to the Baltimore Ravens franchise as a whole uh, because if anybody did pay attention to the game, uh, their end zone. The most was, thing, yeah. Yeah. The, the end zone and the uh, stadium section, that was a pure class act. So I, I, I want to give a shout out to the Ravens organization for what they've done with that. I, I've read the story and I thought that is just awesome. Eric, I need you to do me a favor. Shoot. I need you to look up the line from last week's Georgia Tech Florida State game. On it. Thank you. Last week's Georgia Tech Florida State game? Yes, I need that line because unfortunately it's not on ESPN Game Class because I'm Gamecast because I'm trying to put together the um the R U serious numbers for week one. All right. I can I can give you that line. Give me one second, because we did hit it. It was 14 and a half. Eric, what number do you have? I'm still ah found it. I need the closing number, not the number we bet it at. I know. That's what I'm looking for, but I'm not seeing it. All right, well, it. hold on. I'll well, look. I'll while Eric is off on that adventure, we have other things to discuss. That's I'm a Survivor and the still Mama Watkins list Mama said knock you out for the week. We move on to the season debut of I've Got a Question. And we're going to keep this relatively simple here. Randy, my first question goes to you. What team impressed you the most week one of the NFL season? Oh, for the record, and you'll you'll notice this as the season goes forward, I never reveal the questions before the show. I only give the topics, but since this is week one, I decided not to do that either. For me, it's got to be the the Seahawks. I hate to say it, even though I live in the Northwest, I I despise that team. But I I like their, their formula, and I think they'll find a little bit more balance as it goes as far as, I mean, they had, what, Chris Carson had like five carries or something like that on Sunday. But, man, they let Russell Wilson cook, and he showed exactly why they did it. I picked Atlanta straight up like you did, Harry, and they were never, ever in that game. It was all Seattle the entire time. So I think that out of all those teams, I didn't have Seattle making the playoffs, and I'm already regretting it. I don't, I'm not one of those people that like to overreact after one week, but, but Seattle has me really worried about my playoff picks. I tried to tell you. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, I'm right. still not seeing it myself either. He found it thir- 13 and a half. Ah, perfect. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jason, same question. What team impressed you the most week one? Uh, week one. I'm going to. Honestly, I'm going to say the Chiefs. I mean, they were hitting on all cylinders. Uh, Hilaire came out, and I mean, I'll I'll admit when I'm wrong. I, me and Robert Taylor went back and forth. He's saying he's a top five running back. 
I said I seen on the outside of the uh, um, slightly outside of the top ten, but I mean the Chiefs. I mean they looked like they had it all together functioning uh, midseason for them. They was hitting their defenses. I'll I'll say this anytime I have the opportunity. Their defense is highly underrated, uh, and people do not give them the credit that they deserve. So yeah, I mean, I I seriously think that my prediction of two conference losses is going is could could definitely be in in danger. I mean, if they like I said, they was a mid season form. It looked like. Eric, what team impressed you the most week one? I mean, my team aside, which we'll talk about and pull one out for the homers, I'm really going to say while the Patriots came close just because of how they were able to switch their style of offense, I'm going to have to say New Orleans. Now, they made Brady work a little bit, and I wasn't quite expecting this or at least to this extent right away because in my personal picks going head to get head against Harry, I had Tampa Bay winning this one. But with the way that New Orleans, especially keeping their defense as steady as they have, you had the guy jumping the route to get that pick six. Overall, I knew they were there. I knew the division was going to be theirs, but it may not be as close as I was originally thinking yet. I think we're missing the obvious pick here. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. I think that that offense looked the best it's looked in years. Aaron Rodgers was on fire. Devontae Adams looked like he could be the best wide receiver in the National Football League this year. And let's not forget about the the contributions of one Marquez Valdez-Scantling as well. We talked about that, but again, that was kind of going to be the point. This is Aaron Rodgers giving a fuck you to the front office and said, look, I told you we only need one or two weapons. I can get you a ring. This is his first message saying, I told y'all. This is Aaron Rodgers telling Jordan Love to sit his ass on the bench and stay there. Exactly. All right, flip side here, Randy. Between college and the NFL, what team disappointed you the most this week? Uh, Jets are not an option. You pour one out Ah. for the homers here in a few moments. Yeah. Man gotta be cleveland i think i mean i didn't think that they were going to beat baltimore but i didn't think they were going to lose by over 30 just complete embarrassment they're already talking about trading odell beckham it just you 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 get so used to the Browns just falling off the rails but i wasn't expecting it this soon and it was a complete mess I, i think the browns were my biggest disappointment I fully expect Kevin Stefanski to light a fire up under Cleveland's ass. Will will he be able to do it in time for the game against Cincinnati this week on Thursday Night Football? Stay tuned. Dun-dun-dun! Dramatic reverb. 
Jason, between college and the NFL, what team disappointed you the most? I'm honestly going to go out on a limb here and say um, a team that I, I, I take pot shots at it at any time that I get the opportunity. And that's the Dallas Cowboys with so much talent, and they just can't produce. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I just was disappointed in them. I mean – they their play calling, they you know the, all the talent on their team, their play calling, and I'll stick by it. I'm saying week four that Andy Dalton becomes your starting quarterback. I'm still giving it until week eight, but I do expect it by around the halfway mark. Yeah, because while this one wasn't entirely all on Dak, you could tell he didn't really step up in a what he has been. Eric, what college or NFL team was the most disappointing for you this week? Uh, As much as I don't want to say it's them, for me, it's got to be Detroit. I mean, you're up against the bitch himself, Trubisky, and you blow like a almost 20-point lead in the fourth quarter i mean yes you can say with the penalties and with the drop pass and everything the entire talk leading up into this season is all right what can they do now that they have matt stafford back he was back he put you in position what did y'all do except well take an utter shit around him i'm gonna go the collegiate route for mine And I'm going to say that my biggest disappointment of this week was the Kansas State Wildcats. Continuing our Sun Belt is Fun Belt theme of this particular show, Ulala, South Alabama, and Coastal Carolina weren't the only three Sun Belt teams to cover or win straight up. Arkansas State went to K-State in Manhattan, Kansas, and beat them outright 35-31. I want the record to state that this would never have happened under Bill Snyder. Ever. You're on mute, Jason. Oh, but he knows he's on mute. He said something, but I couldn't understand what it was. Regardless, back to what I was saying about K-State here. K-State was a dark horse pick by a lot of experts to win the Big 12 this year. K-State couldn't get out of their own way against the freaking Red Wolves. That's why I was wondering where everybody was getting with this K-State talk from. It's like, um, I ain't seeing what everybody else is seeing for them to take a sniff towards Jerry World. Can I just give an honorary dud to the entire collegiate state of Kansas at this point? No. Randy appreciates the reference because he picked against the Jayhawks. That was a great first half to watch. That was a much better football game to watch than another game I watched with the team that I root for. So, uh, uh, yay college, I guess. Okay, he yay might act- college. He might actually be New Bisco with the dog in the background, or was that your no, dog, Jason? That was mine. Oh, I don't. Well, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm gonna have to check on. <laughs> All right. While Jason steps away for a few seconds to check on the dog, we're going to go ahead and move into my favorite returning segment from last year. It's time to pour one out for the homers. 
All right. So there's no Pac-12 football yet, Randy. Let loose. Right. Let them have it. Let what have it? <laughs> Let the Jets have it. Get get it off your chest. I don't want it. It's so sad. It just I stopped watching after the first quarter. I the one thing that Adam Gase could do last year was an opening drive. Like I don't have the stats in front of me, but I want to say the Jets scored on almost half of their opening drives last season, and then it would just Eric, tank. Look that up. That's your it. that's your gig. I mean, at least that's how it felt. Is they scored a bunch on that first drive, at least a field goal. How do they start against Buffalo? Granted, a good defense. Three and out. Three and out. Three and out. Interception. It was just so painful, and it didn't even look like they had any chance of getting anything going. Luckily, Allen does a nice job a couple times of dropping the football, making the Jets think that they have a chance with some okay field position, but instead they go backwards, and they just punt it away. It was, for for Allen, not looking good as far I mean, he missed a couple wide-open receivers. Harry will get there. He dropped, Mm -hmm. he uh, had a couple fumbles. Josh Allen could look better. The Jets never looked like they had any chance in this game. I mean, obviously, I didn't pick them to win. I thought they were going to lose. I mean, Buffalo is the better team. But this has me really worried about my bet with Robert that the Jets would not finish last in the division. I just have to hope that Miami continues to be just as bad because the Jets are not good. And with Jacksonville stealing a win in Indianapolis... Is the, are the Jets now tanking for Trevor? I don't know. We'll see. I believe we've officially dubbed it losing for Lawrence on this show. Well, other teams can lose for Lawrence. The Jets are going to tank for Trevor. Jason, we tried to warn you. About what? What do you think? Not not only were they, because you called an outright win. No, I on took the points. No, I said I didn't call it an outright win. I I said I said they wouldn't win; they would cover. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm batshit crazy, but I ain't fucking, you know, mentally incompetent at times. I mean, the overall. The fact, what did, overall, what did you think of the Giants' performance? I mean, our offensive line is Swiss cheese. I mean, there was more hose in that than Eric's uh, little black book. Uh, I mean. Family show. Continue. Well, I mean, it's true. I mean, we we was open like the damn red light district. Um, we, we put together some great drives. Uh, Daniel Jones threw an interception. From the 19 to a defensive tackle, uh, because like he was running for his life, scared. It, it reminds me of that um, the scene from Necessary Roughness, where the quarterback hides behind the referee until it starts screaming, "Blow the whistle! Blow the whistle!" Uh, I really think that we have to share up our offensive line. But on the flip side, my collegiate team steamrolled. So, uh, so I mean. To be it's fair, your collegiate team played Eastern Kentucky. So, was that not a win? Who do you guys have this week in college football? Nobody. By week? Yeah, uh, where the Big 12 is playing 
like that really muffed up schedule. I think it's like we don't have – I don't think the Big 12 plays anyone. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of games this week, Big 12-wise. Yeah, I was going to say, I know Oklahoma debuts this week on uh, Fox. <laughs> no, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State and Baylor play this week, and that's it. Uh, that's then, 100% not true. Yeah, Baylor and uh, Houston are set to play this week. Okay, no. Uh, according, according to the matchups, Houston and Baylor plays four at noon. And Tulsa and Oklahoma State play at noon, September 19th. That's the only two Big 12 games that are slated this week. You might need to update your, your app. I have updated my app. Because Fox was advertising a pair of Big 12 games for Sunday after, for Saturday afternoon. Unless, oh no, I'm looking at Fox. ESPN right now, and he's, he's actually right. I know I'm right. Don't ever yeah. doubt me. The hell happened to the schedule? It got shifted Never. around because yeah. of postponements because of COVID. Yeah. That's why after Houston and Memphis's game got postponed, Baylor had their game postponed because so of Baylor, separate outbreaks. Houston. Baylor and Houston got together and scheduled a game. Yeah, there's then- literally... Oklahoma State and Tulsa play. My God, there's like nothing on this college football schedule worth watching this week. Um, no. I mean, this week. Well, I got something worth a personal investment. That's at least well, yeah. Your Saturday decent. night, your sat, your Saturday night football, Eric. Exactly. Well, well I'm just going to say that you know. On CBS at three thirty, it's going to be a very interesting game. I actually, actually, I might try to sneak off to the stadium. Ooh, that is going to be a good one. I didn't even see that, but now that I see that, I'm actually intrigued by that game as well. I might have to watch that. Marshall and Appalachian State. I mean, that, I, the 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 freshman quarterback at Marshall looks really nice. I mean, there's technically a pretty good game on ABC at 3.30 as well with Central Florida and Georgia Tech. We'll be discussing that game shortly. Dun-dun-dun. Dramatic Dramatic reverb. All right, Eric. The Miami Hurricanes are off to a 1-0 start. Yes, which I was very thankful and relieved about. But before I get into that, to tie a bow, Randy, what did you say about the Jets on their opening drive last season and scoring every time? They got things going. Yeah, to an extent, but you after, actually... After week seven. Uh, Yeah, after week seven, and even then, you only scored on your opening drive altogether through the season seven, eight times, and only five were yeah. touchdowns? Well, that's what I'm saying. They didn't for years. And they and didn't. They had the longest streak in 2019 as well. Well, I will and say this much to that. Week 8, I will say this week much 9, week 10, week 11, week 12, week 13. All scores. It was great. I will say this much. Those may have been scores. This time you didn't even get six yards on your opening drive. That's what I'm saying. Adam Gase, once he got things going in New York last season, could do an opening drive. I'm looking at an article right now after they beat Pittsburgh late in December. 
and, and after the first drive, it completely goes completely downhill the rest of the games, whether they win or lose. But the Jets, I want to say before they scored their opening drive in week eight against Jacksonville, I want to say it was like 24 straight games they did not score in their opening drive. So as a Jets fan, that's a huge streak. All right, Eric. So Miami took out the UAB Blazers on Thursday night on the ACC network. Fuck you, Spectrum, for not having that, but whatever. And Xfinity. You can't leave Xfinity out of this. Well, then fuck them, too. Exactly. But you you know who had the game? Hey, 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 hey. Are we getting paid by them? No, then not. No, 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 no. Jason is literally sitting on my couch right now. I don't know. Is is Lily sitting on your couch? No, she is I feel, not. I, I feel that. like we. I feel like. I feel like we would know if there was an Uzbekistani woman sitting on his couch. Yes, you would, and I would have my microphone on mute, probably quite frequently. But that's beside the point because that is family not... show. Back to the predictions. Back to the uh, homers, please. Yes. Got flustered over here. So Derek... Miami won. Yeah, Miami won expectedly against UAB. Derek King total touchdowns. We have a quarterback finally. <laughs> Jacksonville not so expectedly. I'm telling you, how oh, the only team on Sunday, one of two teams through the entirety of Week One that can say we played our opener in front of fans florida man he's already got his thing the stash is looking better the jorts are looking fresher making his uh, quotes and everything about the virus running away florida man is full on this is part of his time he's getting things cooking i mean 19 for 20 and three touchdown passes Come on now. Jaguars get Tennessee this week. Mama Watkins changed her pick. We'll talk about this game here in a little bit more, so maybe you don't discuss it yet. Da-da-da. Dramatic reverb. All right. Flip the script, Eric. So, you, you had to live with Harry. I mean, we've been talking about it bit by bit, but your bills... Got a significant win. I, I personally saw a couple of things that I did like from Josh Allen, some things I didn't, but as the Bills homer, you have at it. All right, so I told you I was going to be nice, Randy. Here's me being nice. Your defense actually looked pretty good in the second half of that game. Uh, I mean, if you want to give us credit for Josh Allen looking bad, that's okay. Hold on. I'm getting to that. Because Josh Allen's problem wasn't with, I mean, yeah, there were some accuracy issues here and there, but that's kind of that's kind of par for the course for Allen. The thing with Allen that concerns me is the fumbles, because defenders know now that if you get over to Allen, and you could tell just by the way he's holding the ball when he runs. I'm sitting there watching the game on my tablet because it wasn't on the local TV channel. I'm sitting watching the game on my tablet, and thinking to myself, "You goddamn moron, two hands." 
because he's scrambling out of the backfield on designed runs, which is just fucking stupid, Brian Dable, when you're up 21 nothing. So this one but seven, he's leaving the backfield on these designed quarterback keepers, holding the ball solely in his right hand. Do you want to know what happens when you hold the ball in one hand in the NFL? You get the ball knocked out of your hand in the NFL. And the fumbleitis that plagued Allen last year continued this year with two fumbles in the opening game. The Bills running game was by and large there. I wouldn't say exemplary, but it was by and large there. I talked about him yesterday on the fantasy show, but I was really impressed by John Brown's performance. Stephon Diggs had a good start as a Bill, eight catches, 86 yards. Stephon Diggs, or not Stephon Diggs, excuse me, that was the one who had eight for 86. John Brown had six catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. And I said when we did our fantasy preview, and we were talking about this, and I told Jason to pick John Brown because Stephon Diggs being in Buffalo was going to take some of that pressure off of John Brown from him being wide receiver one in Buffalo last year. John Brown's an excellent wide receiver, two wide receiver, three for most fantasy teams here, and he proved it in week one with the performance that he had. Granted, yes, Jets, we know, probably going to be one of the lower-end teams in the AFC. We kind of already know that. But I was impressed by Brown's performance, and I was impressed by his his commitment to taking those over-the-middle passes as well, where he knew he was going to get lit up and still went out there and made the catches. Defensively? It kind of was what we thought it would be. There was some garbage time yards allowed at the end of the game that I didn't necessarily like. But for the most part, Buffalo's defense shut down the Jets' offense. And that's kind of what's going to have to carry us in Buffalo this year. But that's, again, been par for the course for the last four seasons in Buffalo. So what else has changed? I will say this much. I am looking forward to September 26th. Not this Saturday, but next Saturday. Because that'll be the return of my Florida Gators. We'll talk more college football and stuff a little bit later on here. But at least for me, getting to pour one out for my college team will be nice again, much the same way that Eric and Jason have had the opportunity to. Randy, you have to wait until November at the earliest, according to Pac-12 officials. That's fine. I'm, I'm used to it. But we, we, we can look at it this way. I mean, college football is going to extend into the spring. Even if the uh, major conferences didn't want it to originally. Well, unfortunately, I'm starting to think Pac-12 is no longer a major conference. And with the way things are uh, going to go, it's... We felt that way for years here on this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was going to get worse. But, but yeah, we've we also... have football longer. We've also made the statement that nobody plays defense in the Big 12 either. Hi, Jason. Hey, what's up? Nope. Defense is optionable in the Big 12. Um, I think it's time for me to ask my favorite question of the show every week. Are you serious? So... After week one, we have a leader. Technically, we have a tie, but we have a leader. And this would be how I explain how this works to Randy. We're both 2-0, 2-0, Randy. You picked up 21 points for your college game. 
would have been more had they not conceded late. But fun. Okay, I was about to say, is this not just me or? <laughs> yeah, Harry froze. Harry froze. I'm back. I'm sorry. I had an internet issue. What was the last thing you heard? Fun fact, and then it froze mid-face. Okay, so you guys heard the, the Coastal Carolina-Kansas thing with with Randy getting 21 for that game, right? Yes. And, 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 Dallas, it, and it would have been more had someone not decided to tempt the football gods that night. Airy. I needed I needed Coastal Carolina to choke a little bit. I wanted the lead, damn it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Coastal Carolina picked up 21, 21 for Randy. Um, the Rams Dallas game that you picked in uh Are You Serious last week, Randy? Ended up as a pick'em. So you got three points for that. You're two and oh, two and oh for plus twenty-four. Listen, it's it's not my fault that Vegas gets here's what my pick is and then moves the line. It's that, not my fault. That actually was in your benefit though, because the fact that so much action came in on Dallas to make that a pick'em that netted you those three points. You should be mad at Harry because he was like during the Coastal Carolina Kansas game, man, I just need one or two scores, or I need two scores so I can take the lead. And are you serious? Lo and behold, and I- what was going to be a boring second half, nothing to watch. Jason didn't have to sweat so he could go to bed. No. The football <laughs> gods okay. were listening and were like, Ask and ye shall receive. No, actually, what happened was is I think the football got turned on us planning on ribbing Jason and then decided to make us actually worry about the game a little bit. <laughs> uh, I had Ulala and Green Bay, both one straight up. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette gained me 30 points. Green Bay gained me 10 and a half off of a plus one and a half at Minnesota. So I am 2-0, 2-0 for plus 40 and a half. Jason is one and one, one and one, plus 12 and a half. And Eric is 0 and 2, one and one for minus 17. Eric, new season, same shit. Yeah. Um, Cleveland. And as well for that, South Alabama. So I can't even really. Well, you know what? I shouldn't really be picking any Jaguars, but um, sometimes you got a feeling. 25 points. <laughs> the hell was that? The football gods almost chastising me. The Cleveland game cost you 25 points. Yeah, I know. And they were, they were seven-point underdogs. Oh, the line finished at seven. Huh. Okay, then. All right, so that takes us into week two for Are You Serious? We start collegiately, and Eric, since you're in the basement, the floor is yours. Yeah, someone else will join me. But anyway, that's beside the point. For, For this one, looked through, saw 
it was really an interesting amalgamation for all the different lines in college. And I had two that I was really looking at and focusing on, but then I realized at this point, it's early. Even when I have a decent day, it turns out terrible. So why not just go big or go home? So sticking in the ACC, I am starting out with the Orange, who really didn't show up and became black and blue after their loss against North Carolina. I think I see a mild bounce back. I'm taking them plus 22 against old Eat Shit Pit. Go big or go home, you say? Mm-hmm. Eat shit pit. Well, colle- collegiately go big or go home. In the National Football League, go big or go homer. Yeah. Now, again, Florida man, just full-on active Florida man self. Great. And the fact that we took out an Indianapolis running back in the win, Nice. Now there's another division rival coming up in Tennessee. Let's face it. Steven Goskowski cost me money. All he had to do, just make a couple of those field goals. Tannehill was doing his thing. Derrick Henry went for 116. All was well. Make a kick or two. Help cover the two and a half. I'm all right. That didn't happen. And the fact that... Against the Broncos defense, without Von Miller, you needed a significant drive in the fourth quarter to get you the game-winning field goal. I think my Jags have quite a bit of momentum for this. And the fact that we don't have guys who will get stiff-armed by Derrick Henry, I am taking them plus nine. Jason. There is an old axiom, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Quite literally, when it comes to college football, in your case. Yeah, uh, I'm riding higher than draft pussy this week on Georgia Tech getting plus seven and a half. So, so yeah, uh, I like that reaction I got from Randy. That's Uh, that's the laugh (laughs) for me as well. I think I caught Randy off guard with that one. But, yeah, um, I, I'm definitely rolling high on Georgia Tech plus seven and a half. I mean, uh, they're taking on a UCF team that um, I, I think I, I don't know anything about UCF except that um, they used to have a certain quarterback that had an extremely hot girlfriend while he was in college there, and that's what I attribute to the only thing that ever came out of UCF worth a damn. Uh, so – yeah, I'm uh, since she's no longer part of the UCF fan base or the family, I'm going to go against them and take Georgia Tech plus seven and a half again this week. In the National Football League, our hopes for hitting a parlay there could be overcome tomorrow night. Yes, as I am taking the the Bengals, who I was thoroughly surprised with, uh, getting five and a half against the. OBJ Browns. The Cleveland Steamers? Can we call them that the rest of the season? I'm for it. Like, I'm down. I'm just saying. Throwing it out there. 
we know you're down with the Brown, but anyway, yeah, uh, I think Cleveland Cleveland is going to be. I, I think they're still going to be on a hangover from the beating they received. Cincinnati's going to be riding a high from, you know, all the improvements that they made since last season, and I think Cincinnati's going to go. Uh, go in and actually, I think Cincinnati might win outright. Fun fact, Cincinnati has another motivation as well with their new lineup. Have you seen who their new starting kicker is? No, I have not. It is Austin Siebert, who was just cut by the Browns on Monday. Oh, damn. Special teams drama. <laughs> Randy. We had fun with the Sun Belt to start the season. Now it's time for you to move over to Conference USA. And Sean is really going to appreciate this selection. Yeah, absolutely. I am taking the North Texas Mean Green, getting two touchdowns from SMU. I, I just like the offense from what I saw as far as highlights and stats go. Yes, they only played Houston Baptist, whoever the hell that is but 721 yards of offense is ridiculous. SMU has a pretty good offense. Actually, I think this is going to be a pretty fun game to watch, and that's kind of why I picked it. Over-under is 69. Ha, ha, ha. But I think it goes over that. (laughs) I think it goes over that number, Jason, if if you're you're listening. (laughs) I'm going to be tuning into it just because I think points are going to go up in bunches, which I'm not used to as a Jets fan. Well, it doesn't matter whether you're over or under. With 69, everyone wins. Nice. Eric? Yes? F-A-M-I-L-Y S-H-O-W! Earphone warning to those who I just blowed out their eardrums. Apologies for that. Oh, man. Um, I finally got him to spell it out. This is a red letter day. Uh, Randy, in the National Football League side of things, hard to go anywhere but up when you allow 43 points as a defense. Yeah, and, and it helps that you play a much worse quarterback. I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings against the Indianapolis Colts. Give myself three. I just I don't believe in Philip Rivers in the, in Indianapolis at all. It, it has not looked good. Obviously, they lose Marlon Mack. They have two good running backs there, and we had that discussion off air about which one you'd want in fantasy. I haven't got to listen yesterday if you guys talked about that or not on that show. But I think Minnesota gets a big bounce back. I think they got shocked with how good Aaron Rodgers was. I think they game plan for more of a, a running attack, and and Aaron threw all over them. Minnesota is the better team, and I'm getting points. An easy pick for me. So we talked about the Flames in California. I would like to discuss the Flames in Liberty. <laughs> Segway, as they are at Western Kentucky. Getting 14 and a half in Bowling Green, not Ohio, which is where the MAC team is, but Kentucky. Actually, is the MAC team in Bowling Green, Kentucky as well? I have to look that up. Anyway, 
Liberty's getting 14, and Western Kentucky looked fucking awful in their season debut. Liberty's playing their first game. Liberty is coming off of their first winning season in school history in FBS and coming off their first bowl victory in school history in FBS last season. Therefore, Uncle Mo says take Liberty, take the points, and don't be surprised if the Flames beat the Hilltoppers outright. Well, I mean, considering what Liberty has been through themselves leading up to this football season, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Hashtag cuckolder people too. Didn't I just spell it out? (laughs) I mean, I'm just trying to educate the people here. Y'all can look it up. To the National Football League we go. And so, yeah, Tom Brady had two touchdown passes to his own team, but three touchdown passes on the game as he got picked sixth by New Orleans. His bad season start gets worse. When the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at home with fans at Raymond James and losing outright to Teddy Bridgewater, and the Carolina Panthers, who come in a nine-point underdog. Carolina not only covers, they win. And these signs of cracks in the foundation are already happening in uh, Tampa Bay. Did you see what Bruce Arians had to say, Eric? Not specifically, but I've been hearing some things. There's been rumblings. With New England, whenever the Patriots would lose, I have a friend who's a New England fan, and he actually gave me this line. In New England, when the Patriots would lose, Bill Belichick would always seem that the team needs to play better and Belichick needs to coach better. When asked about the game afterwards by the media, Bruce Arians said that Tom Brady needs to play better. Oh, <laughs> You done fucked up, son. Uh, I mean, he, he was cursing out Tom Brady in practice, and that's what he practice. does. This is how Arians rolls, and I love it. And maybe he needs to keep going. Or alternatively, he's going to alienate this entire team, and it's all going to blow up by week six. That's also a possibility. Can't deny that. I mean, this is a Florida team we're talking about. We do things. Tossing it out there. Carolina and the points for me. But again, Panthers straight up. I think that wraps us up. I like how these shows always flow together so nicely. They do. And to tie a bow on what you said, yes, the Bowling Green Falcons in the MAC. That is in Bowling Green, Ohio. <laughs> I thought so, but I wasn't certain. Yes, I don't know right. why two states. I don't know why two states that are geographically next to each other both have a Bowling Green like that, given the fact that it's a weird ass name. But whatever. I, I wonder mean, if they're named after. The, I'll have to look into that off air. Yeah, I'm about to say. You know how many Jacksonvilles there are in this country. Randy, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me at Randy Isbell, and you can also check out, and that's on Twitter, you can also check out the other podcast I'm on, Chapter Select. Uh, we did part two 
of judgment last week and we finished that up in a couple weeks we took we're taking a, a small hiatus because that game is long uh, so we're, we're taking a three-week break before the next episode so we can get all of that done but check out twitter and, and we post it on there and also of course on w2m net it's on there as well how's the search for the ps5 coming along i got it about 10 minutes ago uh luckily the guy that i do the the chapter select show sent me a link i was i've been no joke this entire episode i've been refreshing amazon and he sent me a link to it even though refreshing amazon it was still not there and by the time it finally showed up on the front page of amazon it sold out so he saved me and now i'm set for november okay figured i'd ask because i knew that that was a, a, a moment of concern for you this evening it and, was. And remember, folks, at chapter underscore select on yes. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Eric with uh, the I'm assist. Sorry, I'm too giddy. I can't do this stuff right now. <laughs> look, you're Jason, giddy. Look. You're giddy. I'm feeling things, but we're there for each other. Randy needed the boost after the week that he had in the NFL this past Sunday. He had a week of a day on Sunday. To be fair, my fantasy teams went seven and one, so I'm I'm that that made me feel better. And yet we can't get this guy to do a fantasy football podcast. The irony. Cool, man. <laughs> Jason, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, W2M Chairman. You almost uh, gave the old I, name. I, I, I almost gave the old one. Uh, also, you can find me, uh, me, Harry, and Eric, uh, as we ventured into the fantasy football world with the kickoff presents What's Your Fantasy here on the W2M Network. Uh, we dropped our first episode last night, like a deuce, and you can go to W2M Net and look up that and tell us what you think. And if I disagree with it, I'll probably tell you to go fuck yourself. New show, same attitude. Eric, where can people find you online? Oh, uh, you can find me at Squid Sports Head on Twitter. I've been slowly getting back and tweeting a few different things. And if my sleeping schedule gets this way, well, stays the way it is, then hell, I might go back and uh, do some live tweeting for some Aussie rules. Season's coming to an end. Hopefully my dogs can hold on and make the eight. If you want to talk about me about anything other than that, you can find me on Facebook. Look under Eric Watkins. You know the drill. Guy, recliner, wine, laundry. That's me. Now, granted, if you're feeling rather adventurous, you can tweet me and slide into my DMs. And if you're willing to undergo a very strict and thorough vetting process, you will get at, I will let you in. You might make a couple appearances on WhatsApp, definitely Snapchat, Telegram, where I have earned the gracious nickname, the Philosophical Hammer, a few other things as well. And naturally, as always, this plug brought to you by the fine folks at Rick's TNT LLC, affiliated with Dun & Bradstreet, website and commercial coming soon. And at this point, the commercial coming soon is a running gag on this show. <laughs> That's like producers showing up. <laughs> that shit never happens. AGB the Eagle on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. If you find me on Facebook, you can also search for me by my actual name, Harry Broadhurst over there. Want to talk wrestling, 
football, fantasy football now that we're doing. What's your fantasy? Again, Jason just mentioned you can find the debut episode of that on the W2M website, which is W2Mnet.com. Also, I talk wrestling every Monday night with 411 Mania's Tony Acero and the co-hostess with the mostest, Miss Liz Puglisi, as we discuss SmackDown and Raw and occasionally NXT and AEW on The Reaction, a presentation of the Chairshot Radio Network. That is every... Well, most Monday nights at 11.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 Tony time. I think that wraps us up for this one. So for the Riz, Randy Isbell, the unprofessional Jason Teasley, the I'm not calling you that, Eric Watkins. (laughs) I'm the voice of reason, Harry Broadhurst. Yeah, I'm keeping that for this show, too. Fuck it. You have been listening to the kickoff on the W2M Network, online at W2Mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite streaming services, such as iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Eric, guess what? Spotify is here. And me and Eric talked about this. Randy, who's your dick of the week? You. You are the dick of the week and your stupid <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Jason, who's your dick of the week? Pedro, who is my own dick. <laughs> Jesus. Eric. I got two. Goskowski because you cost me money, and Mark Lamping because you're still employed. You know what? Just because he deserves it, even though we didn't really talk about him on this show. Daniel Snyder, you're a dick. Thanks for listening to the kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network.